0: Thank you for listening to this teaching from the Prayer Room. For more teachings, notes, downloads, or to subscribe to our podcast, as well as information about who we are and our upcoming events, visit our website at theprayerroomdfw.com. Well, this is the Book of Revelation, session twenty-seven, the four living creatures. And for those of you who are joining us online or might be new to the study, uh, we are going through the Book of Revelation thematically, and so we've got about a hundred sessions planned. Uh, so we're a little over a fourth of the way there. And the objective is to look at the book of Revelation one theme at a time and see what uh, that, where that particular theme or that particular subject shows up again and again in the book of Revelation. Let's study all those places in Revelation and even other places in the Word to be able to understand that concept better so that one theme at a time we can be equipped to actually understand the book of Revelation when we're reading it. And so that's what we've been doing, and I want to encourage those of you who um, if you're joining us online tonight or if this is your first time, if, uh, if this is a helpful study, uh, go back. All of the sessions are available online for free, uh, both the MP3s as well as the uh, study notes. So uh, we barely ever have the time to finish all the notes, but then we break up into discussion groups after about a 35-minute teaching. And uh, at that point, then you kind of talk through some things a little bit more, and then we get back together for a final kind of uh, bring it all together in Q&A time. So that's how tonight's format's going to go. So I'm going to jump in and uh, talk about the the coolest creatures in heaven. I mean, they're just so unique and I can't believe heaven has creatures. I mean, it's such a bizarre and glorious idea. And I mean, it's something so sci-fi, like the most sci-fi movie ever might well have been inspired by these things, okay? These are, but they're real and they're glorious and they're, they're purposeful and they're of the Lord and they, they're constantly giving the Lord attention. But they're creatures. They are different looking. They are not human. They are not even normal angels as we think we know what an angel looks like. These are very interesting creatures. And so I, I am appreciative actually that the way that they're talked about, nearly every time they're talked about, n- not every but nearly, they're talked about as creatures because it just, it takes your mind out of the, the normal parameters of what we think we know and understand. I mean, you would be better thinking about a really interesting animal than you would a person when we're talking about these living creatures. And so I just want to kind of get your, your head around this for a second before we jump into the details. So uh, introductory details, and then we'll, we'll go through a few uh, points but introductory details, there are four. Every time we see these living creatures mentioned, uh, we see them mentioned in a, a group of four, and that's important. It's always four. It's four here. It's four there. It's four again and again. The Lord could have picked the number 10, could have done a hundred, could have done a billion. It's always these four living creatures, and that's uh, it's purposeful, and it's also, I just even want you to be You know, when we talk about new ideas, and especially new ideas in the book of Revelation, if you're not familiar with that book, it's almost kind of like you get lost in the details and everything just seems so big and crazy. Well, there's four of these. That's concrete. You can get your head around the number four. So it's not like there's a million of them. There's not a lot of them you have to memorize or something. There's four of them. And so just get your mind wrapped around the fact that in front of the throne of God, there's four living creatures. And I want you to think about that four because it helps you picture them. There's one there, and there's one there, and there's one there. There's four of them. Second, they're living. It's interesting that that's the the descriptive word every time instead of four creatures, which would have gotten the job done. Because of course, if it's a creature, it's alive. Of course, it's a creature. But they're called living creatures. And that living component is very important because it's talking about there is life in these things. I mean, they are exuberant with the life of God within them. To call them a creature would give you an idea that they might somehow be in some measure of darkness or some measure of neutrality. These are living creatures with the living rivers of God flowing out of them, flowing through them, flowing into each other from one another. The, everything about them is alive and bright and brilliant. It's not dark colors, dark shades and uh, you know ambiguous. It is light and bright and alive. These are living creatures. Creatures interesting-looking, not human. They're angelic, but they're not angels. We often refer to them as angelic. That's a typo there. They're not angels, but they are angelic. And so they're of the angelic order, but they are unlike anything you've ever encountered. I mean, honestly, if you could pick the... the, If you had a a good creature and a bad creature and, and they were brothers and sisters... And one of the bad creatures showed up in a you know Stephen King movie or something. Whatever that creature's glorious equivalent <laughs> of the of the sight of light would be, that would be about the best picture you could get. These are unbelievable. They are of n- not like anything we've ever seen on Earth or encountered, or any animal. Or I mean, they are unbelievable, and they are premier in heaven. They are premier. They are center stage. They are right at the center of all. These are not sidelined living creatures. These are not living creatures that are kind of like in that one weird spot of heaven. These are the living creatures in front of the throne. And if you ever see the throne, whenever you see the throne, you will see these living creatures. These are not... uh, They didn't come to visit the throne room for five minutes and John got a picture while they were there. These living creatures are at the center of of the governmental stand, uh, stage of the universe. These living creatures are in the throne room of heaven. They are premier. They are important. They are glorious. They declare the Lord's majesty. These things are incredible. All right, so their location. Now, I know a lot of this might just seem redundant, but I'm, I'm committed to helping us get the book of Revelation. I don't want to get through the study. I don't want to say we learned that thing once, I want through our teachings and then the discussion times and the Q&A and even the repetition of looking back at these things, but now looking at it from this angle and now looking at it from this angle, I want you to get the book of Revelation. I want you to have it written on your heart, ingrained in a way that is helpful, not scary, a way that is profound, a way that makes sense and that you can relate to and that when you read through the book of Revelation, there are no more surprises to you. And so, even if this seems a bit redundant, or, or maybe that's not, maybe we haven't looked at this from a sake of, sake of redundancy, but just from a kind of a no-duh sort of a statement, like, of course we know that, I want us to get it. I want us to picture it. I want your, uh, your divine imagination to be running wild as we're talking about these four living creatures, because I have a feeling whatever crazy thing you can invent in your mind, it's crazier than that. So they are at the center. Look at uh, Revelation 4, 6, top of page 2. In the center. Now, in the center is describing the entire scene of Revelation 4 and 5. Revelation 4 and 5 is the heavenly scene of the throne room. All that's going on, all the millions of angels, all the colors and the sights and the sounds and the everything, and in the middle of all of that, in the center of it all, were four living creatures. And they were covered with eyes in front, and in back. So they're in the center. I want to get your thought process on that. They are before the throne. So these living creatures, their assignment, their connectedness, their proximity, is all related to the throne of God. They are before the throne. Now, you know, right now, I am before our stage. But you wouldn't say that After a bunch of chairs and if I was in the sound booth, you wouldn't call me before the stage. Before is like immediate. They are before the throne of God. And that's an important detail that we want to be getting. Like these are some of the kind of proverbial pieces of furniture that God put in his living room. Okay. The throne room, he set up just the way he wanted. He's like, you know what? That spot's missing right there. I need a living creature. Maybe one over there too. One behind me over on the left. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Okay, now worship and stuff. Oh, you don't look near interesting enough. We need to make you really intriguing. We're going to really fancy you up. We're going to put eyes in your armpits, okay? You're going to be really a fancy looking thing in a minute. These things are before the throne, okay? They are also on the sea of glass, like crystal. So they, just here, uh, Revelation 4, 6 Also in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. So in one instance, these living creatures are before the throne. That's describing who is before the throne. Then we see this verse here in Revelation 4, 6. Before the throne is the sea of glass like crystal. This is describing what... Like, what does the geography look like? Are we, are we on a hill? Are we in a grassy knoll? What is it that's before the throne? The before the throne is a sea of glass-like crystal of which these living creatures are on top of, of which the, the uh, um, throne is on top of. Couldn't think of the word throne. Been a long week. So if I'm dragging a little bit today, you just give me grace, grace, because it's been a long one. All right. But here's something crazy. In addition to Revelation 4, 6, they're on the sea of glass like crystal. They are also under it. Huh? How does that work? Revelation 1, 22 through 23. Look at this. Uh, Did I say Revelation? I meant Ezekiel. Bear with me. Ezekiel 1, 22 through 23. Spread out above the heads of the living creatures. There they are. The living creatures. And there's something above their head. What is above their head? Spread out above their heads was what looked like an expanse sparkling like ice and awesome. It's the sea of glass. It's the same sea of glass we just read about in Revelation. But now, instead of the living creatures being on top of it, they're underneath it. So these living creatures are above. There's also these living creatures below. Under the expanse... Their wings were stretched out one towards the other, and each had two wings covering its body. All right, now, let's talk about some of the descriptions of uh, these uh, living creatures, some of the specific phrases and what those phrases mean. First, again, looking at this Ezekiel passage, which if you want a, an excellent parallel study, do Ezekiel 1 and Ezekiel 10... Lined up with Revelation 4 and 5. Revelation 4 and 5 is obviously in the book of Revelation. Describes the living creatures. Ezekiel 1 and Ezekiel 10 describe living creatures. But in uh, Ezekiel 1 and 10, it's a little bit different context. All right, so let's look here. Ezekiel 1, 4 through 5. They come in a storm. Look at this. Ezekiel 1, top of page 3. I looked and I saw a windstorm coming out of the north, an immense cloud with flashing lightning and surrounded by brilliant light. The center of the fire looked like glowing metal. And in the fire was what looked like four living creatures. They come in a, in a storm. I mean, it's, it's powerful to think about that, that storm. There is nothing normal Tuesday about these living creatures. Everything is like, the amps are all the way up to 11. I mean, everything about these living creatures is really intense. Second, or part B, they are like lightning. Reading again in Ezekiel 1, the appearance of the living creatures was like burning coals of fire or like torches. Fire moved back and forth among the creatures. So just imagine the four. And their appearance is like fire, but then fire is darting back and forth between the living creatures. It's it's the life. It's living. It's the spirit of the Lord and who knows what else. It's fire that's, that's visible, bursting back and forth between the creatures. It was bright and lightning flashed out of it. So in addition to there being fire bouncing back and forth, fire, is uh, a lightning, is bursting forth out of this cloud, out of the storm. The creatures sped back and forth like flashes of lightning. What in the world? These are the most dynamic, crazy, glorious. What in the world? Fire, living, lightning, darting, burning, back and forth. And yet, you put all that together, and it's like, but their real job is to worship God. Like, dang, you guys got a lot of side projects going on. They are human-like. Oh, my gosh. Ezekiel 1.6. In appearance, their form was human. But each of them had four faces and four wings. Huh? They're, they're kind of human-ish, but they got a whole lot going on. They are not. In their appearance was, was like a human, was of a human form, sort of. They have human hands. In appearance, their form was human, but each of them had four faces and four wings. Under their wings, on their four sides, they had human hands. Now, just do the math here, okay? Pretend that four of us were standing back to back here, okay? Back, but we're making a square, all right? I'm like this. Somebody's here. Somebody's here. Somebody's over here. How many arms is that? It's eight arms. At minimum, it's four. If just me and one person behind me, and we're just operating off this arm and then this guy's arm over here, and they just kind of switched arms, at least it's four arms. Maybe it's eight arms that these living creatures have. That's intense. And really, I think it's eight because four, you'd have to contort your arm in a weird direction in order to do stuff. I think it's eight ants. That's just crazy. They have eyes all around. This one is just perplexing as all get out. And the statements are made over and over. They are everywhere. In the center around the throne were four living creatures and they were covered. Covered with eyes in front and in back. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings, armpits. These Creatures have eyes everywhere. That is the last thing you would think these darting, flaming things had going on. They're filled. They're, they're eye creatures. These have got to be the most interesting, intriguing, scary. I don't even know. Like, there's, they're covered in eyes. I just want to take a stop point for a second. God created these before he created you. This is how the throne room is. Before there was an earth and an Adam and an Eve, there was a throne room with four living creatures that had some semblance of humanity to them, which means we're the shadow. <laughs> I mean, think about that. These guys came first. They're looking at us and going, what weird looking creatures down there. Some, some real strange ones you made there, Father. Father. Real strange ones. I mean, that's pretty intense. they got eyes all around. They have six wings. It's an odd thought to us for each of these things to have all these wings. But they've got them. Top of page uh, four. Each of the four, uh, four living creatures had six wings. They have feet like calves. Man, this just keeps getting in. More interesting. Ezekiel 1.7 Their legs were straight. Their feet were like those of a calf. So they got calf legs. But really that's not any weirder than having an ox head. Which they do. I mean, this is so intense. But their legs shine like bronze. So they got calf feet, but the leg, it says their legs gleamed like burnished bronze. So think of bronze that's just been like in the fire in order... To be able to make it bright in order to refine it. So it's like glowing metal. This is the same description that Jesus, uh, w- that was given of Jesus in Daniel 10. His legs were like burnished bronze. The living creatures have legs like burnished bronze. That's so intense. They have four faces. It says it over and over in Ezekiel and Revelation. The living creatures have four faces, they have a face. Like a a like a man, a face like a lion, a face like an ox, and a face like an eagle. And each of those have meaning. I gave you some there if you want to look at it later. Each one of those uh, pictures or each one of those uh, faces has meaning about authority. It's a different aspect of authority that each one of those faces represents. And it, it covers so much of the created order. You even got one that can fly. You know, the, the eagle. They've already got wings, but just to make sure we needed to make sure we got that bird thing in there, one of the four faces is an eagle. But eagles represent wisdom and and foresight. The capacity to operate in wisdom with clarity from a far distance. That's part of the leadership that these four living creatures are are, are, uh, representing. And again, living creatures came before eagles. I mean, it's... It's really interesting to think about that point. The stuff that was in heaven before it was created on earth. We always think of... We we think that everything is like earth-centric. Like everything revolves around us. Everything revolves around heaven. In fact, I would not be surprised, but we find out one day that the entire universe is actually revolving around Jerusalem. The new Jerusalem that's out there in space somewhere. Okay, I mean... There are some really interesting things. They're sizable. I gave you a few reasons there why I don't really want to spend much time on it. I think if you read the verses and think about it, you'll come to the same conclusion. But these living creatures are not 2 inches tall. These living creatures are large. They are before the throne in heaven. And they are the premier worship leaders in heaven. These are really interesting fellows their unique spiritual state. There is so much about these living creatures that is so interesting, but I want to talk about from Revelation, I'm sorry, Ezekiel chapter 1, the parallel on these living creatures. I want us to look at some of the details about these living creatures because who they are, how they are, not even what they look like, but just like their operating procedures are so unique. First of all, Each one of them drives a big wheel. Huh? Yeah, each of the living creatures drives a really, really big wheel. Ezekiel 1 15 through 21, top of page 5. I saw a wheel on the ground besides each creature. As they moved, they would go in any one of the four directions the creature's faced the wheels did not change direction as the creatures went when the living creatures moved the wheels beside them moved and when the living creatures rose from the ground the wheels also rose whenever the spirit wherever the spirit would go they would go and the wheels would rise along with them because the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels when the creatures moved they also moved when the creatures stood still they also stood still and when the creatures rose from the ground the wheels rose along with them this is so interesting now again in the ezekiel 1 passage we see that these living creatures are looking up to the sea of glass-like crystal and that somehow They're still connected to the throne, but now they're connected to the throne, connected to really big wheels. God's throne is a chariot. And the living creatures are connected to the wheels and are connected to the chariot. It gets interesting. The wheels also have eyeballs. Ezekiel 1, 17 through 21, the wheels did not change direction as the creatures went. Their rims were high and awesome. The rims of the wheels. The rims were high. So it's a really tall wheel for a really big something. And all four rims were full of eyes all around. When the creatures moved, they also moved because the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. These wheels are each an extension of the creature. So if you thought it was already as bizarre as it could get, that these creatures had four faces these creatures are also a wheel there's a wheel that these creatures are connected to it says the spirit of the living creatures is in the wheels and the wheels are alive because if you have eyeballs you are alive the wheels have eyes this is so mind blowing it's like what in the what are you doing up there right now we, no eye has seen. No ear has heard. What well, God has prepared. There are marvelous mysteries. I'm just saying this. God refuses to give us information that would blow our mind to the point that we would actually have a heart attack and die. So he hasn't shown us everything. These living creatures are just the beginning. What? else is up there this is mind-blowing this is real this is more real than you you may or may not be real this is real this is real happening in heaven right now for real the creatures are connected to the elders let's go back to revelation revelation 4 9 through 10 whenever the living creatures give glory honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne and him who lives forever and ever the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne who li- who, and worship him who lives forever and ever. And they laid their crowns down before the throne. The elders are waiting for the prompt that the living creatures give them. When the, el- when the el- living creatures do this, the elders respond. The elders' worship is in relationship to the living creatures' worship. The, el- the living creatures are the worship leaders. <laughs> They're the worship leaders in heaven. I just can't imagine if we just had one of them up there right now. He's probably big enough he takes up the whole stage and more. Maybe all we can see is his, his paw, his foot that looks like a hoof. And the living creature is the worship leader, and there's four of them in heaven that we know of. They carry his presence. I've got to get moving here. All right, I'm going to skip a little bit here. Their wings touch each other. They never stop saying holy. Revelation 4, eight. Day and night, they never stop. They never stop. The Bible doesn't lie. They never stop saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. They never stop saying it. It never gets old. That chorus never gets old in heaven. They sing it over and over. They're always in His presence. These are profound things. Now, I want to tell you, I think We've actually got different categories of living creatures here. And I don't think these are all the same ones. And I kind of packaged them all together because, well, one, a lot of people think it's all the same living creatures, but I think when you look at the details, some of them have four wings. Some of them have six wings. Some of them are are quoted as saying this. Some of them are quoted as saying that. But they never stop saying this. How do they say that? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, just little things like that, okay? So, we have a, a couple of points here. Revelation 4, 8, these are living creatures with six wings. Each of the four living creatures, Revelation 4, had six wings. But then we've got living creatures in Ezekiel 4, and again, they're under the sea of glass. These, uh, the Ezekiel 1 passage. The Ezekiel 1 passage describes living creatures that are looking up to the throne. The Revelation 4 passage describes living creatures that are looking down or that are rather at the throne. They're in front of the throne. Okay. Then you've also got Isaiah 6, which describes what, what are called seraphs or seraphim. And they are clearly living creatures by their description, but they're described as flying above the throne. It says they are flying. It's possible that those are the same living creatures that are in Revelation 4 and they just flew. I mean, if you've got wings, makes sense to fly. But maybe they're different. Maybe that's two different orders. But I'll tell you, I am completely sold that there are at least two different orders because the Bible calls some seraphim and describes them as living creatures. And the Bible calls some as cherubim and describes them as living creatures. And they're defined differently. So let's read the passages. Isaiah 6, 1 through 3. I'm on the back. I'm on page 7 here. I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne. Above him were seraphim. So seraphim are the ones above his throne in heaven, each with six wings. So we can be sure seraphim have six wings, okay? With two they do this, with two they do that. And holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, These are the ones that are crying, holy, holy, holy. Okay, I got it. But then we've got living creatures identified as cherubim. This is Genesis 3, 24, and then I'll also read you 2 Samuel 22, which helps us know that God's throne is a chariot. Genesis 3, after he drove the man out, this is talking about the Garden of Eden, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way Uh, to the tree of life. Now, I guess I, I could have given you uh, well, I gave you all the verses there. So look at part D for just a second. Look at all those verses. Those are all the verses in the Bible that describe the reality of cherubim. So when you go and look at those verses, you see that they're living creatures because you see the same description that they've got the four faces, they've got, you know, arms, they've, they, uh, all that different stuff. And I guess I probably could have given you a little bit more clear one there. But my point here was I wanted to give you the the Genesis passage to talk about cherubim going all the way back to the garden. But then look at at 2 Samuel 22.10. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. This language is the same language from Ezekiel 1. They're, they've got wings, there's wind. Remember, they come in a windstorm. they wings, wind, but God mounted them. How would he mount them? He mounted them because each of them has a wheel that's connected to his chariot throne. He has mounted them and now they've taken off. So let me give you, oh, and, and one more problematic cherub. Ezekiel 28 describes Lucifer as being a cherub before the fall. You were anointed as a guardian cherub. For so I ordained you. You were on the, mount, uh, the holy mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones. Just real quick, the fiery stones. If you read Revelation 6, which we'll get to eventually, you see that the, uh, the, the martyrs are under the, the altar. So they're under the pavement. And it describes them as coals under the altar it describes them as living coals well if they're under the altar if they're under the throne and a cherubim's job is to be down under the throne to get the chariot ready to go on a ride they would be right there in the midst of the fiery stones just a fun little side point you were blameless in all of your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you so I drove you in disgrace from the mount of God and expelled you guardian cherub from among the fiery stones i expelled you from that privileged place of worshiping me of that privileged place of being one of the worship leaders of that privileged place i expelled you so we could see here satan was one of the cherubs satan was one of the living creatures that are described as the, the group that's under the throne now just my talk my thinking on this i think based off all these scriptures. I think that the cherubim, at least four of them, and maybe there's more because I doubt there were five and then Satan got thrown out and there were only four left. Because it seems like everywhere you're seeing these four living creatures, it's always four living creatures. So I think one of them, Satan, got fired and God got another cherubim or made another one, probably got one, just pulled one out of the ranks. From someplace else, because cherubim are given assignments multiple times in in the scriptures. Again, I gave you all those verses in part D of cherubim doing stuff for God, besides being at the throne saying, holy, 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 okay? I think the cherubim group is a much larger category of angelic creature, but they're the same, and they're the ones with the four wings. I mean, that part's clear. They've got four wings. They're under the throne, at least in their their, uh, assignment related to the wheels, and then I think you've got four living creatures that are called seraphim that are up in the throne room that are before the throne and possibly four more that are flying around above it. Uh, it that, I could go either way on that one. But I think they're, they're the ones in, in the throne room upstairs clearly have six wings and there are a couple of distinctions about them from the ones that are under the pavement that are in charge of the wheels that clearly have four wings. You tracking with me? I know was a lot of details and numbers. I would encourage you if you're like, Huh? Go read the verses. Go, go look at the details. I'm fascinated by this. I can't believe we have this much verse, these many verses on it. That we can know this much about these living creatures. That they're, they're so different that even there's these categories of living creatures. Cherubim that fit this description and have this role. Seraphim that fit this description and have this role. But all of them have four faces and lots of wings and lots of eyes on their wings. Both groups have eyes all over. It's just so intriguing because their job with all those eyes is to gaze on the beauty of the Lord. From no matter what direction, the wing is up and flapping. The wing is down. At every point in the wing flap, the eyes are gazing on the Lord. They're gazing on Him. In every moment, the ones on their feet, the one, all eyes all around, they're gazing on the Lord. And so I just, I am fascinated by these guys. We're going to get to meet these living creatures. <laughs> I mean, like... We're going to know these living creatures. And we can see in the book of Revelation, the living creatures can also talk. They say stuff. It's not long sentences, at least not what we have recorded, but they talk to John. They're like giving John instructions in the book of Revelation. So they also have a personality and like can communicate. You go, hey, living creature, what's up? Hey, I'm doing pretty good today. My eyes love everything they're seeing. I mean, it's like, like you're going to be able to talk to a living creature. I want to know a little bit about him before I see him so I don't just freak out and like lose my marbles, okay? All right, here's what we're going to do. We're now going to break up into groups for discussion. We're going to talk about some of this crazy stuff, and then each of your groups will come up with a question and we'll come back and we'll ask those questions do a little bit of Q&A. So Andy, how many groups do we have tonight? All right, we're going to go ahead and jump into our time of Q&A. Wrap up conversations. What we're going to be doing at this time is uh, for those of you who are joining on Facebook Live, uh, we're going to be repeating the questions from the groups. That way you can hear not only the answer but also the questions. And uh, so for everybody else in the room, if we can quiet down, and uh, we're going to ask uh, questions one group at a time. So can we start with you guys over here, Cass, or should should we move on? You guys aren't quite ready yet. Okay, all right, we'll start over here. Yeah. So the question is, if the four living creatures are described as always being in the presence of God, how can they go out to do other things? That's one main reason I think that we are absolutely dealing with two different groups of living creatures. Because the four living creatures that are described as the seraphim that are above the, the expanse or on it, uh, that are in front of the throne, they're described as always being there. But the cherubim are the ones that are out doing things, including the cherubim are the ones specifically connected to the wheels. So uh, the wheel living creatures, the cherubim, they are, I I feel firmly, they are distinct and unique from the living creatures that are above the throne, uh, above the sea of glass that are either sitting on it or flying above it, which again, that could either be the same group in two different modes or it could be two different groups of living creatures in the throne room, four on the pavement and four up in the air. Uh, because you read the uh, Isaiah 6 passage, and it's clear that the living creatures that are being described are flying uh, above the throne. And that they're singing to the Lord, but that they are clearly up in the air and not uh, on the ground. So is that a one-time deal, or is that what they're always doing? You've got six wings. If, if one pair gets tired, you just switch to a different set. I mean, they could fly for a long time, maybe. Um, so, uh, yeah, great question. <clears throat> All right, how about this group? My question is why? Why was it important to God to put so many random, strange in about these So the question is why were we given so much information about these living creatures? And maybe even why does God have them <laughs> secondarily? Um, see, I think any time that we've got this much information about something... We, we do ourselves a disservice to ignore it. And that the Lord put it there because it's powerful. I'll, I'll tell you, there's something um, very helpful about imagining heaven with detail instead of imagining heaven <clears throat> far off and cloudy. And the more real that we can see heaven be, the more powerful that is in our human spirit to, let me just say it this way. The details of the living creatures make you believe in them. If you believe in living creatures, then by default, God must be real. (laughs) I mean, the God that made them, heaven must be real. If these living creatures are real, there's so many details about these living creatures and the more we imagine them, the more real and the more anchored we are into eternity. The more anchored we are into eternity, the more, like, just every day, I mean, on your bad day, God is real. There are so many that go to church every week that they haven't really settled the fact of God yet. I mean, yes, they've given their life to the Lord, but they're like, some days they're like, is God really, really real, though? Really? I mean, there's all this stuff, and I saw this movie one time, and there's all these questions in the heart. The more real... That heaven is, it's the anchor for everything, because that's where everything came from. And heaven was first, <clears throat> and from heaven, the Lord created and created, and ke- I mean, from his reality, from, from his throne. And so, uh, so I think these details, I think even trying to sort out, how do some of them have six wings, some of them have four, I think that's on purpose to frustrate us to work out the details. Instead of, I don't know, some of them just wake up before one day. I, I mean, instead of oversimplifying it, we got to think through the details. Well, where are they? Oh, well, they're below the expanse. Well, where are these? They're above the expanse. You know, what about these over here? It says they got four faces. This one over here, it says they each have one, but it's one of the four faces. Like i got working through those details to try to figure uh, that stuff out. So I think that it's, um, it's an invitation. And honestly, so much of the word is an invitation to the hungry. It's there for everybody, but it's really actually not because not hungry people won't go through the hassle. So not hungry people will just ignore the details and just go, oh, weird creatures, let's move on. You know, what's the score on the cowboy game? I mean, it's like, <clears throat> I mean, it, it, hunger, hunger, I think is the gift of God for us to see these kinds of things and go on the journey to take this seven pages of notes and turn it into 70. You know, take this as the seven pages. Now, this is your starting point. This is your index of which you'll go develop real clarity. You know, I think that that's an invitation. So great question. Over here. Okay, so the question is um, why those particular four faces? So again, in one set of living creatures, the ones that are in the throne room in heaven, uh, the, the seraphim, we see the way that John describes it is he says one had the face of an ox, one had the face of a man, one had the face of just an alternative thought process that may or may not be right at all. John's looking at the one they lead with but the other faces could well be there, okay? Just a thought. Um, or they're completely different, just like the fact that they've got more wings than the guys downstairs, and they're different. These guys each have one face, and it's one of the four of the guys downstairs and the guys downstairs all got four faces. Why those four faces? So the four faces are man, lion, uh, ox, eagle. Okay, why? So the each one of these in uh, the... The, the scripture uses these same pictures over and over again. So, this isn't like the only time we have this, but I will say that because I wasn't prepared to answer this question, I don't have scripture references for you. So, you're going to need to do the journey on your own, okay? But the uh, man always represents, if it's, it's a man in a picture, as opposed to it's a guy that the Lord's dialoguing with, because that's not, that's not a parable, he's talking to a human. But if it's a picture of a man, that man is representing the strength of the, the impartation of the image of God, the, the dominion over the earth, the, the leadership uh, that God has ordained for the planet, that God-given leadership, man was given dominion over all the plants and animals and all that stuff. So each one of these four faces is representative of leadership. The first being man, in, in that sense, the, the dominion over the earth. The second ox, ox, is this enormous beast that was used to plow fields. So it's, it's the incredible grace of strength, but under the, the, the yoke of, of meekness. Like this incredible beast that could do whatever it wants is now leading is now, is now bringing strength to plow the field. So it's, again, it's strength. So before it was strength and dominion, now it's strength in the ability uh, to, to work just that physical strength. You think of an ox as a very strong animal. Um, uh, then it goes to, oh, a lion was the second one, actually. Lion. Lion is the strength of leadership. Uh, it's, the, it's the king of the jungle kind of a thought process. It's, it's the premier animal uh, predator, you know, land predator. And it's, it's the one that takes apex over all the others. And so it's this, this leadership in leading all, you know, in, in, uh, in having the, that strength of, uh, of leadership and dominance, okay? Then you go to eagles. So eagles are not, you know, that sort of a strength of any of those others, but eagles are able to see very far. Eagles are very regal. Uh, eagles are, are recognized in the scripture often as a, a sign of the Lord's good favor. And so uh, the, these eagles... They've got this perception, this long vision, this sight. They're now adding the strength of wisdom and perceptiveness. And so when you put all of this together, you've got these leaders. Again, let's go back to, they're the primary worship leaders in heaven. The primary worship leaders are, are by their face. And their face, it's not like they're wearing a mask. This is who they are. The primary worship leaders by who they are are leaders. And they're leaders in every sphere of life. And whether that's one creature with four faces or four creatures with each one of the faces, in either way, they're covering the whole span of leadership and strength. So, um, yeah, that will be my answer. This concludes this teaching from The Prayer Room. For more resources or to schedule another TPR teacher to come speak at your church or event, please see our website at theprayerroomdfw.com. Thank you.